All right, page Tuf Mem Vav Maimar Yisav Vemi Vonerenu Am Sukkis. So we spoke on Rosh Hashanah. Just go on mute. We spoke. We spoke on Rosh Hashanah about establishing goals and ambitions, and defining a person's role in the context of the klal. Then on Yom Kippur, we had to remove the mechitzas of being able to get there and accomplish it. And on Sukkot, we're now going to build a relationship in the context of those ambitions and goals with Hakadosh Baruch Hu and be able to uh, to uh, to ground it and establish our avoda and where we are holding. So he starts off. He says. Midbar. He is that uh, the Jews are, are found in the desert of Sohu Yelel Yishimon, and in Tohu, which will define Yelel Yishimon, is howling in the wilderness. Is Venu Nehu and these are the words that we're going to be dealing with in terms of uh, what exactly these mean to us that a Kaddish Baruch who surrounds us and builds us up and protects us like the pupil of an eye. So first paragraph, that the Metzius of Klal Yisrael is revealed in a Midbar, so there's something about Klai Yisrael that is revealed and emerges when it is apart from other Arachayim, other other society and other and even in Tuma apart from any other Kedusha. That where the uh, where any and anything having to do with kedusha is like howling in an area of tohu in an area of desolation. That is specifically where uh, klal, the klal Yisrael can emerge. We're going to see where he's going with this. Hello, zehu oylem bilti mesukin in an area that's not mesukin. Shakol koyach hanimtzabot zoek ani emloch. That all of the koyches that are found in the surrounding area says ani emloch. So one of the interesting things is that when we're talking about tohu, we're talking about what's considered desolation. We're not just talking about something that doesn't have kedusha. We're talking about something that has a perceived independence, a perceived identity that is separate apart and apart from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and that is what's considered tohu. If there's just no kedusha and there's just nothing going for it at all, and it's just sort of like that's not that's not it. Tohu is something that's devoid of kedusha, specifically in the fact that it's expressing an identity other than, and there's all of these forces. Certainly in the context of current events, there's all of these forces that are saying that are saying ani emloich, which is a, a, a concept that comes up in the context of uh, of shvir sakelim and and uh, certain, certain other areas, and each one is 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 taking some sort of an identity for itself, not in the context of his, his batlus and not in the context of what we've been talking about of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's world Visham Matzah Kaddish Baruch Hu Amo and when amidst the world of To and amidst the world which is vying for its own its own identity other than a Kaddish Baruch Hu and doing its own thing that's where Klal Yisrael emerges that's where a Kaddish Baruch Hu finds his nation that a Kaddish Baruch Hu takes his nation and builds them from the foundations to the rafters the Mechitzah with walls he surrounds them 
mibifnim, and he builds them up from within. And again, like all of his pieces, it starts off a little bit abstract, and then we're going to close in and take away a practical uh, an understanding, a hashkaf, and a practical point of avoda and hadracha. Rashi Mavar Yisoy Vivenu. So in Hazinu this week in Sheni, Rashi explains what does Yisoy Vivenu mean? Hakadosh Baruch Hu surrounds them. Sham, Sham Sivavem Vekifam Ba'Anonim. They were surrounded by the Anonim and by the Degolim. So first of all, they were surrounded in a practical way by the cloud, by the Anonim, by the Degolim. And also this idea of Kafalei Har Kegigis. Then he built them up. So he starts off, he says, There was a physical shmira, and also, There was both a physical shmira and also a uh, exaltation, a raimimus. The Degolim Hayu Hisnashka is a Kadosh Baruch Hu Im Kolechad Mi Yisrael Asher Al Zeh Nemer B'Shir Hashirim Atechsu B'Shulamis K'Macholis Hamachanayim Fine, and he, he quotes Rav Yerucham, but he says over here that the point that he's making next line Rashi says is is that he mixes together the idea of a Shmira. Hey Shmuel, how are you? Sorry, the phone's falling. On Tov Mem Vav, like the second, we're about to start the uh, the, pa- the second paragraph in Aleph. So, so he he says that uh, that Rashi is a kan mitzarif also in Yonei Hashmira El Yona Varomas Haylosh and Madrega El Yona B'Siyata Deshmaya. So Rashi, and he's talking about a pasuk in Hazino. And Rashi in Yisoyve Venu Yivonaneyu, but Rashi explains that that uh, that there's a siyata deshmaya that comes both with a with a uh, a physical shmira and also a, a spiritual israimamos. And we're going to be talking about uh, developing this relationship in terms of Hashem uh, Teklal Yisrael in these two words. Okay, he says sugya rucha b'menachas. We're going to run through a little bit of this, but he says that there's a there's a sugya that talks about mitzvahs. He specifically quotes tefillin, tzitzis, and mezuzah. That both have an element of shmira to them. Tfilin provide a shmira. He quotes Psukim in all of them. Tzitzis provide a shmira and mezuzah provide a shmira. And they also provide a spiritual uplifting. And he quotes on Go to Tuf Mem Zayin. He quotes, uh, after he goes through all of them, he quotes by mezuzah the story that, that uh, Unclus, that his, the, the Caesar was his uncle. And he was try- Unclus had, had converted. And the Caesar was trying to get Unclus to come back home. And each platoon of soldiers that the Caesar sent. So Unclus kind of made an impression on them and they ended up converting. And finally, uh, the Caesar said on the third shot, the Caesar told all of his soldiers not to talk to Unclus. And uh, on the, as they were bringing Unclus back, Unclus kissed the mezuzah and they said like, what, you know, what's that? So he said, Amr Lahu, three lines, the three lines from the end of the first paragraph on Tafmem Zayin, Amr Lahu min Hagai shel Oilam, Melech Basar Vedam Yoishev mi Bifnim, Viavadav Mishamer Mosomi Bachotz. Generally speaking, the king is inside and his Avadim, his servants, are guarding from the outside. Vilu Akadish Baruch Hu Avadav mi Bifnim, Vahu Mishamer mi Bachotz. However, the way Akadish Baruch Hu relates to us is that the Avadim, that we are Bifnim, and he's guarding us from outside. Shinamar Hashem Yishmar Tseis Chavoach Amiyatabi. A guyer, and they converted. But over here, and this is going to be kind of our, our stepping point that we're going to go forward. Dover Gadol Gila Lehem Unklus. Unklus told them a, 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 a wondrous thing. And what we're getting at now, we're going to divide up is that. 
that uh, inside and outside are relative terms, right? So he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is setting up a Shmira to Klal Yisrael from outside, and the Yisrael are dwelling inside. What does that mean? Kan is sod sivvan b'mitzvahs. That there's a side of, oh, he's quoting Rashi on the Pasuk, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu surrounded us with mitzvahs. But he says, Kishyesh misavev yesh pnim, v'zehu sod. If, there's some, if A is surrounding B, that means that A is on the outside and, and B is on the inside, which means that there's, there's two relative positions. What is chitsoni and pnimi? Ha'olam ha'chitsoni bani biyofi v'koldar moisif ba'onochius. Every generation has comforts, umosaros, and uh, luxuries v'tanugim. V'kolza nizim me'avas ha'tanugim v'shi'ifa l'pirsam v'kavoid. Minhira from the flow lashiris vekinas ishmereyu. So he says every generation, every area in this world has a oilam hachitzonius, and that's made up of the outer trappings. That's made up of the interface between us and the physical world, but comforts, riches, wealth, luxuries, and ultimately we'll see. And a, a, a person can also use these things for ruchniistic purposes. But every every uh, every world has an outer interface, and that's driven by chitzoniistic considerations. Olam ha-chitzoni zehu yesh la'atzmo ha-menutek yesh la'atzmo ha-menutek me'abore. Every one of these outer trappings has an identity that is apparently other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? Whether it's whatever ambitions, career ambitions, money, right? Uh, even relationships in a certain way, whatever they are, they all have their own factors that create some sort of a drive and they create some sort of an identity that people relate to that's not necessarily apparently related to Ruchnius. Ha'olam ha-pnimi it's not it's very subtle it's not you can't even really describe the idea of an inner world to somebody who's not otherwise sensitive to it and we're not going to do it justice but what we'll say the inner world is something that's not cut off that's connected to Hashem so the inner world if you can almost think of it as like you know a divine we say that in other words that there's divine energy inside of everything the Oilam Apanimi, or the, the uh, Hasidists a lot of times talk in these languages, they they're trying to get to the Panemius of something, which, you know, a lot of times a person looking from the outside, you know, whichever approach appeals to you, but looking from the outside, you say, you know, the, that the Hasidists had nothing to do with Pshat and it's divorced from Pshat. And from their point of view, they'll tell you that they're trying to get to the, uh, to the Panemius of it. In other words, if, if you look at the, the, the element that's a driving force behind something, so if you're sensitive to it, then you get it. And if you don't, you're not sensitive to it, then you don't get it, and you just don't see what's there. So he says that that he's he's uh, he's being meduyik in in the of Chazal. He says that there's no that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is is, uh, is relates to to the to Klal Yisrael. That Klal Yisrael are in this Oilam apnimi, and to live in an Oilam the Chitzoni means that a person relates to the outer interface of his surroundings, and to live in the Oilam apnimi means that a person relates to Hakadosh Baruch Hu almost irrespective of the, the, the outer, you know, the apparent identity of what's around him. Again, a little philosophical, but he's going to ground it soon. He says, 
And therefore, therefore, the, the, the world that relates to Hashem, the world that, that, that is within the context of creating a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is not driven by this worldly considerations, even abstract ones like COVID, right, necessarily, but, but it's, not, it's not driven by those ambitions. And those who are in the inside need a shmira. There's always two elements to things, right? There's avdol shamra. There's essay and losase. But there's there's an idea that a person, on one hand, needs to connect, but on the other hand, the vehicle through which we go through life and the medium that we operate in is a physical one. And people have a guf and a yetzer. And what we're gonna start getting into to is the idea that a person can only have one she, one true she'ifa. We spoke the other day about Elio and people that were poseach hashnei she'ifim. A person, you know, in terms of multitasking, you can only give a hundred percent attention or emotional energy, right, to one thing. If you have, you know, kids at home, it's better to give them, you know, a hundred percent of your attention for five minutes than five percent of your attention for a hundred minutes. It, 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 and, and therefore, and therefore, he says that one of the things a person needs to do is to be able to connect with the with what he's trying to connect with. The other thing he needs to do is to uh, to guard himself from distraction, things that will detract from that. And he says. So again, the Pasuk says, That's the title of the Maimur. The idea of Yisoy Venu of being surrounded, is the Shmira Mibachotz. And that also creates a strong element towards uh, an elevation. So the two elements that are necessary for a person to connect with Hashem is a Surme Rav Asetov, right? And this dynamic comes up in however, however you look. Again, the Maral talks about Lavdul Shamra, that, uh, that there are certain things that we need to protect ourselves from, and there are certain things that we need to guard ourselves from. And then once a person guards themselves, uh, in a certain way from the things that are going to detract. So now we have our neshama, we have our chelak elokami mal. Now, now we can connect, right? We said, called mama daka, that, uh, that, that finding HaKadosh Baruch Hu relating to Hashem is, is within, relates to us within subtlety. Now a person can relate to Hashem. So this is a duffer nifla ma'od, and he says, Bez, Rashi kasav ki yisoy venhu ba'ananeya kavod. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu surrounded us with the ananeya kavod. The Ananeya covered Alogamanach Nuyashvim Basukka. So we have a different Pshatim. But the Ananeya covered we relate to as our Sukkah. Kibasukka say Shafti is Panesral, Ananeya covered how you divre uh Ananeya covered how you divre Rabbiazar. And and the Revolvi says, Ancient Nafkaminim Anane covered Ela Ruchniam Hayu, a Gimel Fanas Kalacha, Basukka on the Yoshvim by Anane covered Mamish. So he relates to the Ananeya covered as the Shmira from without. The Aranea covered are going to be things that protect us from our involvement with the outer elements in order that we can that we can ultimately flourish and relate in a in a spiritual way. Now one of the things, just to foreshadow a little bit, one of the things that he's going to uh, to say essentially is that, and it'll be clear how it relates to Sukkis in a second, 
is that one of the we we are we spend a lot of emotional energy in all of the apparent distinctions that we have within the Olam Hachitzonius. So it's going to be you know wealth is the obvious one, but even look in the world of entertainment. There's there's covered and there's there's all of the things in the Olam Hagashmi and the Olam Hachitzonius that end up you know building a class system. It makes you know a difference of who's more chashuv, even in shul, you know wherever it is. So when a person is able to shield themselves from that, for instance, the Ananiya covered, or in our terms, you know, let's say where we leave our house and we go into the sukkah, it becomes an equalizing factor, right? I actually heard somebody make a nice point, also in the context of the, uh, of the Pesach Seder, that's why everybody wears a kittel uh, going into the Seder, because we have to know that when we're going into Cheres, and all of a sudden we're going to emerge, and we're going to create an identity and a relationship with Hashem, so we're all on the same playing field. At the end of the day, you know, whether or not a person finds themselves in a position of wealth or a position not of wealth, so those are different tools that a Kaddish Baruch Hu gives them because of their personality and their role in life, but th- in, terms of, in terms of relating to Hashem, none of those have their own identity, and therefore, in order to be able to connect, the person has to, uh, has to be able to kind of like divorce himself from those other considerations, and that's the idea of Yusayi Venu. that's the idea of the Ananaya Kavit, it's creating like a cocoon to shield themselves from the outside elements, and that's going to be the lead, and that's the obvious idea of the sukkah. All of the Yom Tovim and Tishrei, there's one inner driving force to them, Binyan Ruchniyuso, Shal Klal Yisrael. Building up the Ruchnius of Klal Yisrael in a wondrous way. We're not going to get involved in Kabbalah. But what we're going to take, let's take a hint of something that we can kind of take away from them. That the last thing that you do when you build a Binyan is to build borders around it. So what we are talking about in terms of building, because we just had, we already had a Rosh Hashanah. Again, Rosh Hashanah, we declared our goals, we, we found our strength, we understood our role in the Klal. We understood that we're part of an army, and therefore the, that the uh, the path to Godless and our ultimate role is to find is is to find where we fit into that bigger picture, regardless of whether it's a bigger role or a smaller role. It's the one that's designed for us. And then we had a Yom Kippur, and now we have to protect that. We have to protect that Ruchnia so that it can flourish. And now on Sukkot, what we do is we build a wall around all of the considerations that can now just you know you after Yom Kippur you go straight back to work, you go straight back into everything else, and all of a sudden that his iris that a person hopefully felt seems to be gone. So what does a person have to do? They have to protect their gains, right? This is the sukkah. The sukkah is what's able to protect our gains. We spoke out already in a different context. The Revolbi said that when it comes to typhus, right, a person, a person, you can't just like push things down, you know. Don't don't think about uh, you know certain thought, uh, distracted th- things during davening. Don't uh, you know? Don't think about certain uh, bad thoughts. What you can do is you can replace something. If you have a, if a person has a problem with anger, you can't force yourself not to be angry at somebody. What you can do is you can you know let's say replace anger with uh, with uh, pity. You know the person the person has a, a bad temper and you realize that they can't hold down a job, they can't hold down a marriage. You know and you realize that they're in a situation where they alienate themselves from people. 
people, a person can, you know, they can't necessarily suppress, but they can replace. So replacing something, you know, it has, when you divert energy, right, that, that has a, a tremendous power. And over here also, so you, 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 regardless of, let's say, going against Ruchnius, the most powerful thing that could take us away from, uh, away from Ruchnius is some other, like, replacement, some other distracting factor. Because we have a Guf and because we have a Yetzer, when there's something else in the world that we interact with that's a draw to us, so then that makes it that it pulls our attention away so that there's going to be less, some, some amount less of emotional energy and commitment towards Ruchnius. And he says, Zuya the sukkah and hopefully taking these messages with us after sukkahs is what ultimately preserves the fa- our 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 nitzchius. We, we, we feel this, uh, this siva of this elevated uh, surrounding. So first we have a shmira, and then we grow from within it. Tzavsa means togetherness, right? Mitzvah is not just a command or an obligation. It's something that binds us to Hashem. He says, The Anshe Avoda sit in the sukkah b'tzavsam shiva harayim ha'ushpiz. So you see already, the Shpizen is not just like a cute thing. I saw, I didn't buy it, but maybe well, there's a Sefer I saw that came out that goes into like, you know, the midos of each one of the Shpizen. So now he says that we had a Rosh Hashanah, we had a Yom Kippur, we got in touch with Ruchnius. We need to now protect our spiritual gains. We need to, we need to facilitate the idea that we, that we grew and that we can continue to grow. On Sukkot, after the building is up, a person builds the borders around it, they protect what the sukkah does is it locks out a lot of those, a lot of those uh, that, that attachment to chitzonius that can threaten to pull away our, our, uh, our kind of commitment to ruchnius. And then once we have that, we can continue to flourish and grow from within. And what represents that is the ushpizin, that once we have the sukkah up, we now have a hechatimza to develop and relate through each one of the midos that are represented through the ushpizin. And that's dafka in the context of sukkahs. Ulam tnai echad yesh lebinyan rochnizeh amratora kol shivas hayamim tsei midiras kva v'shav bidiras arai. That all seven days a person has to leave his diras keva and live in a diras arai v'inyanin is karim ki imtzeiu be'eretz be'eretz midbar o besol yilel yishimon v'davka sham yivonenayu yisoy v'venu yivonenayu. Where is it when a person is already attached to something? You know, the, the, the Maral discusses in, in places also that a person has to destroy in order to rebuild. First there has to be demolition, then you, demolition, then you can rebuild. And this, this uh, has manifestations in the physical Bria also, right? What's the best uh, facilitator of growth? something that has no growth capacity on its own, which is fertilizer, and it could be even, I think, maybe like ashes are good, right? There, there are certain things that the, that the growth is even most facilitated through something that represents waste material. But he says that when, when something has its own, a lot of times when, they, when you want a tree to grow, what you have to do is you have to like prune off the 
dead branches because otherwise what happens if they're a little bit alive so then they'll draw some of the water and the nutrients in the tree towards their kind of like dying branches and it sucks water and stuff away from the rest of the tree. So in order to really truly develop, where is it that we can have Yisoyvavenu Yivonenayu? Only in an area of Midbar. In an area in an area of Midbar, that's where we can ultimately flourish. If we were involved in the rest of the Chitzonius, Ishtachas Gafno V'tachas Teinaso Lohayu Yechaylam Lezachos Lamashezachu. If we're involved in other things, then we are going to rob ourselves of our own potential in the spiritual way. We have a certain amount of units of growth. I heard of Pink. Rav Pinkus was very like strong against. I mean, now we could sure see you know, and he wasn't even you know the amount that media has evolved since he was Nifter. Uh, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it is. But I remember one time, I heard him on a, on a shir one time, he said that, you know, a person is always going to be, an Adam is mave. a person is always going to be a seeker. You're either going to grow up or out. So, so he said, you know, if a person is going to be involved in media and what's going on and, and, and spreading outwards, then that's going to stem his, you know, his, his upwardness. And he, I think he mentioned that Adam Arishan, it says, reached all the way to Shemayim, and after the, the, the chait, the thing it said that he saw from one end of the world to the other. I forget exactly how he put it, but over here, he says also, you're not going to be able to go in both directions, and therefore, to the extent that one is involved with the world, that's going to put a, put a curb on the, the amount that he can really truly grow in a ruchniastic way. To the extent that we're able to neutralize the kvius of the gashmias, and again, it's not just gashmias, it's not we're all involved with, you know, like, you know, uh, money and women and wine and all these other things. To the extent that we leave the the, the kvius, to the to the to the extent that that we, we have a place to live, but that doesn't define us, and that's not really the anchor in our lives. That's to the extent that we can make the anchor in our lives ruchnius. And he frames it in terms of an oilam pnimi and an oilam chitzoni, which really is opposite. Chitzoni is the thing with the interface that's manifest. It's the thing that we handle in this world. And Pneumius represents spirituality and subtlety and the driving force that really underlies the world and tachlis and purpose and what everything is here for. Right? We spoke out in one of the Rosh Hashanah pieces. He, you know, he talked about even you know, why is it that we relate to different nations and conquering nations in a certain way? It's because Hashem wants us to understand what the Shekhinah Begolis is like. To the extent that we relate to everything in the world as having its own identity, that's to the extent that we are, that we're separated from the Pneumius, and to the extent that we pull away from the Chitzonius, then we can understand the spiritual energy and the messages and relate to Hashem through our surroundings, and those things are mutually exclusive, and they pull away from each other. The whole year we're living in our house, and everything is Kavua. We're so involved with our houses and the outer trappings of our life the rest of the year. You can't be shakud. You can't be diligent in building up, uh, in building up your inner subtlety and sensitivity to what's underlying the world and connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in direct proportion to the extent that you're involved with the things around you as having an identity of their own. And that's not necessarily, Rav Moshe Feinstein has a piece in the Sefer Kol Ram, that's 
not necessarily in kamus. That's not like how much you learn and how much spirituality you have. He says a person can literally have time to learn only on Shabbos, but to the extent that that really is what defines them and they just have certain obligations and whatever it is, to that extent, their learning is kavua and everything else is is, is arai. And to the, a person can learn much more than that. But to the extent that, you know, and you work and I, you know, I'm zoichet to learn or whatever it is, you know, whether it's in kailo or not in kailo. But at the end of the day, what drives me, once I'm yoytzezayim and I close my gemara, what drives me is all of a sudden, like I've been dying to just uh, look at the updates on the debates and, I, you know, and I want to make sure that, you know, the car lease and the second that I'm yoytzezayim and I get rid of, you know, I, I do my ruchnis and my heart's in the right place and I do my ruchnis and to the extent that I'm yoytzezayim and I get rid of that, you know, where, where my heart is and where my focus is and where my real priorities are, what's important to me are other things, right? When you when you close your eyes at night and you're in bed, you know, what are the things that you dream about? What are the things that you focus on and think about? What do you do in your leisure time? Those, in a certain sense, those are the things that uh, that that more define where your interests are than in, a, than in a certain way, even what you might spend more of your time doing. And he says those two things are in direct inverse proportion to each other. And that's already, we see where he's going with Sukkis. With Sukkis is if you take a person's Dira, we're talking about you know, learning Erevin and Tchumen, when a person takes his dira, which is, you know, a level of permanence, and they turn their dira into something that's arai, and they, they go out from that, and again, it's sort of like an equalizer, because, okay, some people have not, nicer sukkahs and not as nice sukkahs, but ultimately, everybody's in the same position. We said by the Seder, everybody's wearing a kittel, everybody's sitting in a sukkah, so all of those things are sort of like, you know, neutralized, and now the question is, is we can really focus on where we're holding in a panemiastic in a panemiastic sense. Okay, we're going to skip to the next paragraph. He has a, kind of a piece, just a, the famous Gemara, that at the end of days, the Goyim are going to say, you know, uh, w- you know why didn't we get Schar? And HaKadosh Baruch is going to give them Sukkah. And he focuses on this idea that even if the Goyim are willing to do mitzvahs, but when ultimately it's very hot and they leave the Sukkah, they leave it with contempt. In other words, even even though Mitzvah is put in a Sukkah and a Jew leaves the Sukkah, we, 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 we hate when we have to leave the Sukkah. On the first night, it's considered like the master threw the cup back in the person's face. Our heart is in the Sukkah even if we can't be in the sukkah and they just kind of want to be Yitzhizayin and if they can't do it they kind of get upset at it and it's it's a uh, you know a different type of relationship okay Gimel so we're still saying this capital to Leishana Rabbah and he goes on that, uh, that that Hashem is my light and if I if I have a relationship with Hashem then that there's no one to fear uh, that even when those people who want to harm me so they're going to fall fine he says next page Tuf Mem Tes what do I want? Shifty bebeis Hashem. That's the inner world. The oylem apnimi. Hashem is providing a shmira. He's sheltering me on a yom ra'a. Yasti renu beseiser alo, and therefore I am held safe within that oyhel. Betzur yiroim emeni va'ata yorum roishi, and I can be exalted and elevated from within there. Well, this is shiras David Amalachi. David HaMelech had no shortage of enemies. He had lots of wars. What was was his anchor? How how did he last? How was he stable and consistent? What was it that held him down? When you're living in an Oilam Apnimi, so we spoke about this, not in this context, but in Rosh Hashanah also, when your job 
job is to play your part the best, then you don't question and you don't have grief. Sometimes the part that you're playing in the script that you've been cast is going to be the role that's better. And sometimes it might be the role that's worse. And sometimes sometimes the person in the role that's, you know, the person in the movie is playing the poor man, he's the one who wins the Oscar, right? Or maybe he might even be the main character. The truth is, is that if a person is living in an oilam apnimi, if a person is connecting to the divine energy and everything around him, and he's using that as a way to connect, so then it doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't mean that there aren't challenges, but it, but those challenges are just threatening to take him out of the oilam apnimi. To the extent that a person lives there, right? One of the kapitel tilim, Gimel or Daud, says that, uh, that David Melech went to sleep at night, and he like gives the reins back to Hashem. If you're living in Hashem's world, so then you don't get too wrapped up in it, right? The chitzonius doesn't really bother you. Hanikra He didn't leave this oil apnimi regardless of what was going on around him. It was just a question of what his avoda was in any given context. That he was hidden in the sukkah. In the is describing layers and levels of, of being in an oilam apnimi. Umisham he didn't budge. Bishmira Eloi Zuhi Batach. He relied on this uh, on this uh, this this Shmira Elias. Umitoicho Nilcham Viyachalehem Baatiyar Moshe Eloi Vaisvi Vaisai. From within the divine shelter, he was able to to ultimately emerge and to be elevated and overcome all of his challenges that surrounded him. Besoich Sisrei Sukaso Matzogam Romus Kazosh Lo Yira Libo Venachon Libo Batuach Bashem. Okay, so this was this is David Amelach, and David Amelach is is a, is a representation and using this capital of of what we've been talking about. That to the extent that a person is connected a hundred percent and steadfast in that oilam apnimi, so to that extent he's not going to be moved and he's not going to be thrown off kilter by these chitzonius considerations. And it's not easy to to. To get to this in this like stormy environment, that he was driven away from like joining a nachlas Hashem. A lot of detracting factors. So one of the things Avraham said, he said, to the extent that he felt separated from Torah, to the extent that he felt separated from the Olam Apnimi, he related to it as as being Elohim Acherim. Right? Dog Dovra Melech Alava Shalom, Vyoso Osipu Mohammed Penhasvasham Yatsame Olam Apnimi, the Olam Achitsaini, Vizeya Hasram Karv of Vodazara. And Ravmaisha Feinstein, he's talking on a very similar point. He quotes the, you know, the, famous, uh, the famous thing that Dovra Melech, Lamatseh Halashminis, that Dovra Melech always lived in a world of Avoda. And that's what, what was he worried about when all of a sudden he went to the base of Merchatz and he felt that he was naked from mitzvahs. And then all of a sudden he said, he realized that he had Mila and said, Lamatseh Halashminis. If there was any Anything about him that there was avod in everything he did, and to the extent that he was contact, that, that he was connected to that olam, that that sense, it didn't make a difference what he was doing. 
in any other thing. And to the extent that he felt like he was engaged in some sort of mundane avoda, in this case war, and that, that, that took him out of the Olam Apnimi, that was as, as good as avoda zara. And alternatively, to the extent that he was engaged in something that was mundane or whatever it was, and he was attached to Hashem, it didn't make a difference where he was. The idea, and this is what we're talking about of Sukkot, the idea of Sukkot is to be able to, in Surme Rava Asetov, but is Shmira on an elevation, the idea of being able to put up Mechitzas, on Yom Kippur we remove the Mechitzas between us and Hashem, us and our Avodah, but on Sukkot we put up Mechitzas from the things that, that are Be'etzem more connected in a certain sense to our Guf and our Yetzer, and to the extent that we can shield, shield ourselves from those other things that have kind of like a magnetic draw to us, we can emerge from within, and, to, and, and once we're able to connect, so then we're connected, and it doesn't make a difference what else we have to be involved in, whether it's working or learning or whatever it is. A person can be Vigisa Yom and Velayla, even when they have the Yoshua, also had a very busy life with wars and the Chaluka and everything else. So he says, he says, uh, just uh, just to tell you, there's a uh, there's a Rambam. I just uh, what time is it? Okay, yeah. the, 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 there's a Rambam in the last parak of Hilchas Tshuva. So he's going off on you know Ava and Yira. So he says Ha'oved me Ava. So he says, by the way, what is a person who's Oved me Ava? It's a parak Yud Halacha Beis. Oved me Ava is Oisek Petorah Mitzvahs Vahayloch Benesivas Hachachma. Okay, Tyre Mitzvahs, good stuff. Loimim Nei Dover Ba'Olam Loim Nei Yiras Hara. Not even for the the right reasons, right? A person wants to stay away from punishment and they want good stuff. Veloki Dei Lira Shatova, they'll get reward and they're going to get reward if a person doesn't believe in Scharva Onesh. And it's one of Yud Gimel Ekrim. But why are they doing it? The Taiv will come, but he's Oise Emes Mipneshehu Emes. Right? The, uh, there's a, uh, there's a, a word that comes up in Tehillim a lot also. It says uh, that Hashem is Shashua with Torah. It's in Kufya Tess a lot. And okay, there's different Pshatim. But one, one Pshat I'll tell you is if a person is doing something as a means to an end, they have to you know, submit something on an online form. If you work for a company and you have like old systems, so then you have to have a lot of workarounds because a lot of times the systems don't necessarily match up. And as long as you can kind of like flub things around a little bit, you can get past it. And as long as you can accomplish your purpose, it's fine. But let's say you're Shashua. You're playing a game. Let's say you're doing a crossword puzzle. Puzzle. If the tadisha shua to play with something, what it means is that you're really playing. You're playing a game, but it means that there's no uh, there's no other alternative tachlis or implications. What you're doing is solely for the sake of doing what you're doing. So if a person is playing sudoku or whatever it is, and they and they they kind of like you know like uh, flub something, and they just uh, you know you, you know they, they they mess around with it in order to stick it in to finish the crossword puzzle in in, in a way that doesn't really fit. So they they didn't accomplish a purpose of finishing the puzzle. What they did is they didn't do it. So the Havdil, he says that when a, per, when a person is Ava for something, it means that you're doing MS because it's MS. It's not an end run to get to something else. What you do is you're appreciating it for its own sake. That's what it means. You're learning Torah. There's no sense in just finishing the sugya and not really getting it and moving on because then you didn't really finish it. If you're doing it just because it's true and you need to know what it is and it's important, so then there's no, there's no reason to mess around around with it. 
Okay, he says Gimel Ketzad Iskip Ketzad the Avru Uya Ushiyev Hashem Avru Gedola to love Hashem Yisera Azmod until your Nafsho Kshura Ba'avas Hashem. Fine. Venimza, here we go. Shoyge Batamad Kilu Chayle Chali Ava. A person is infatuated. Shein Daita Pnuya Me'avus Osa Isha Vushoge Basamad. It's like a person is infatuated and obsessed with a woman, right? It doesn't mean that the person doesn't go to work, and it doesn't mean that the person doesn't. Uh, engage in whatever life activities he has to do, but there's like so, sort of like a baseline. When a person is is truly infatuated, it might shut off. We'll just finish up the last couple minutes. You'll just click the links again. Yeah. So just back in if it shuts off. But when a person is infatuated with something, so again they go about all of the rest of their life activities, but they always have this baseline attachment to whatever it is they can't get out of their brain. You could definitely talk about it besides a woman and sports and politics. There are certain things that a person, their attention is like, you know, when they're really sucked into it, their attention is just totally never diverted from it. Or maybe if a person's training for something, a marathon or whatever it is, right? In other words, whether they eat, whether they sleep, you know, what, 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 uh, what, what social commitments they commit to, everything is going to be tied up into it. And ain't dait to it's always on the back burner. It's always going to be there. And he says that, uh, that he says, okay, skip. And he says, uh, as a person's knowledge grows, so too their the, the Ava grows. Now again, that doesn't mean that you have to sit in a hole and uh, and to do this, a person has to develop das, and a person has to learn. And to the extent that they develop das, they can have an ava. That doesn't mean that they have to sit in a hole and not get married and not have children. That makes no sense. Those are halachas. Everybody has to get married and have children. But what it means is this idea: this idea of a shmira, this idea of nothing else really demanding a not emloch, nothing else demanding importance. And we're just going to finish up the piece. But 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 as as, as that's really what sukkis is about. We we already in a sichliyistic way on understood these ideas on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur of Grong and Ruchnius. But to really grow and develop Ava, a person has to commit to the point that other things don't end up having any sort of importance in, in that type of a, an emotional way and a priority way. And they don't have their own independence. There's no reason to have a nice house for the sake of having a nice house or a nice car for the sake of, uh, of it being a luxury. Not that, not that you can't have a nice car if it's comfortable. But they, they don't have importance in that sense. Kore Chaviv, do I even need to say anything else? I mean, at this point, it's totally clear what the avoda of sukkah is. If to some extent we're zayich of kabbalas malchuso on yizbarach on Rosh Hashanah and letaras men lefan of anaseris meitshuvin yom kippur. And we've gotten in some way, shape, or form into this oil mapnimi. We've we've already somehow become attached to it. What's the next step? The next step is now that we're we're not fasting on Yom Kippur, and we don't have the 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 Hashem Matzo. We don't have this easy access. You need to put up walls. You need to protect your gains. And again, the biggest walls that you need to put up, you know, is sometimes you know it's it's like I mentioned so when I moved on to I was looking for a block to move on to. You know, I told somebody, you know, in some ways it might be more dangerous 
neighbors to live with, uh, with uh, you know, other Jewish neighbors that are holding, let's say, substantially to the left, let's say, of where you want to be holding, than somebody who's a guy. Because the, 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 the goyim, you know, depending on the situation, are not going to be a draw, maybe. You know, it, it, no matter, it doesn't matter good or bad. When, who are your kids going to be friends with and who are they going to play with and whatever it is, the things that become a draw are more dangerous than just things that are bad. And therefore, a person has to put up walls around the things that draw his attention. So we first put up walls, and then we have the shpizin in order to build ourselves up through this, this, these midos and this idea. He relates this to the Aspizian. Okay, and he, uh, he goes on. Right, you have to listen to what they're saying. We, we can't relate to it. We can't hear it. You can connect your yearning of your nefesh in the sukkah in the sukkah uh, to this idea. All these things are Hashem surrounding us. We build ourselves up on the So now that we are guarded, and now that we, we, we try to put on machitas between the things that can that can pull us away, now we also have to develop, and a person always has to be growing and attaching themselves. Again, we have in a certain sense, because Neshama is a chelik elukamimal, you know, we have a natural attachment in a certain sense to Hashem, but we have to we have to build ourselves up. It's hard to go into all the soy that's that, that's inside of the Dalad Minim. In some way, whatever it is, he doesn't really get into it. In some way, that we are able to connect in a positive, tremendous, active way through the Dalad Minim. Or pnimi zesha adam yisrael ma'ira belibo ba'avodah zu amashlam es binyanu apnimi shal klal yisrael. Okay, and then he goes on and he says that the we had this before that the dalad minim. So some of them have paris, some of them don't have paris. We know that every fast day that doesn't have rishonim included is not considered a valid tainus. And he says that that one of the things that we're talking about in terms of a klal yisrael and a recognition of our own role is recognition that everybody has a role. And part of that sukkah is the day when you know there's guests and sukkah hopping. Okay, not over here, but anyway, tzadikim or rishonim le ended the paragraph dumya da oisin oisin veinos and paris rakasher a klal yisrael baachdus vaava yachli banos baris apnimishim. It's interesting, he said the same thing by uh, also Rosh Hashanah, to the extent that these are like ruchniistic holidays, and in a certain sense you'd say, you know what, I don't want anybody bothering me, and nobody should bug me, and let me be alone with my thoughts. To, to, to the extent that we're trying to connect to Hashem, right, it's like I heard somebody one time say, you know, if he's not your brother, then I'm not your father. To the extent that we're trying to connect to Hashem, so part of connecting to our father is also understanding our role as part of a klal, is also understanding that that comes along with a achdus, and again, we we quoted that before, but all of these things, understanding, uh, understanding all of these things, but in the context of Ruchnis and Klal Yisrael, 
and 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 our role is part of the whole, and and putting up these mechitzes to these things that draw us away, uh, enable us now to move forward and grow from within through the dalad minim and through understanding ourselves as part of a klal yisrael. And then he has a little bit of an afterthought. He says just the end of the pasuk, it's renu and enai that the pupil is the part that sees and brings, or that ultimately klal yisrael is the uh, is the entity that brings down and connects the R that connects the kaddish baruch with the world. That's why it says ishain eno shall kaddish baruch shemar yotzei mimenu hainu shemar leki yotzei derach klal yisrael laolam. And there's no there's no greater picture than uh, than that. That if a person has yisayiv venu, if he's able to have walls between him and the chitzonius, the things that are going to draw him away, and therefore he's available to connect in a hundred percent way, and he's able to yivayneneu to build himself up on sukkahs through the ishpizin and ultimately through the dalad minim, which he doesn't go into much. So then yisraelu ki ishayin enai. Then a person, then a person, and klal yisrael, and through achdus, will be able to connect himself and the world to Hashem, and that's the message that a person has to create that relationship on Sukkot before he ultimately goes back into the rest of the year to understand that really everything is Arai. And it doesn't mean again, it doesn't mean time-wise. It means priority-wise. It says that that Rebbe at his table, Rav Meisha says in the Sefer Kol Ram over here, he says, uh, he, he mentions, he says, He says a person we mentioned before could learn only on Shabbos but his Torah is Keva. It's Iker Avaydoso, it's his life, it's what drives him. And it could be the Hefech also. And, uh, and he says, yeah, good. So he says, and that's Be'etzem, the message of Sukkot. It's creating a relationship with, with Hashem and with the world we live in uh, in that context. Okay. Shkayach.